Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply. On SENSA, welcome to The Sandful Show. For Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians, the Host Plus Sandful League is just warming up. Feeling those game day vibes? Nothing beats it. The Sandful Show for your Wednesday afternoon, thanks to Host Plus. My name is Damon Adams. I'm joined each week by four-time Premiership defender from the Central District's Football Club, Andrew Hayes. Good afternoon. How are you, mate? Good afternoon to you, Damon. You're going very well, thanks. Uh, And good afternoon to Sandful supporters. We're seven rounds through. Uh, We're starting to get a bit of an idea of who's going to be up at the pointy end and saying that there's probably at least two sides who would consider themselves genuine finals contenders. Um, So there's a lot to get through. Some very, very good guests coming up as well. Looking forward to it. That's right. So former Port Adelaide Magpies captain Jimmy Micklejohn is going to be joining us. Uh, Coach of the West Adelaide Bloods. Of course, they faced off in the Russell League tribute match against Port Adelaide on the weekend. Brad Gotch will join us. And informed Roosters midfielder Aaron Young also on the show. Can't wait to talk to him. Looking forward to speaking to the big Jimmy Micklejohn. Groomsman at my wedding he was. Was he? big fella. Yeah. So Revelation. Did you delivered a speech too? Was I was going to say, what were, what were his jobs on the day? One of the great speeches, from what I can remember. But um... <laughs> from what you can remember, <laughs> now I got to spend some time with Jimmy Micklejohn up at Sydney before he came down to Adelaide the year before I did, um, and played just over 170 games uh, for the Port Adelaide Magpies, and was a captain for a number of seasons. Uh, played with some really really good players, guys like. We'll ask him about that when we get him on. Guys like. Jeremy Clayton, who probably uh, one of the best small midfielders that I've ever seen and certainly played against. Um, could have played at the AFL uh, for a lot longer than he did. And he had an opportunity after he won the McGarry medal to uh, head across, I think it was to Richmond, but he said no one stayed at the Maggies for a few years. But certainly got a few tall stories, which suits big Jimmy Micklejohn because he's uh, about 202 centimetres. Better footballer or better groomsman? Maybe both. <laughs> consistent. He's very, very consistent. That but, is a prime fence sitting off the top of the show, Hazy. Wow. Had several, um, lo- let's call them long nights with Jimmy Mickles on, where we sort of um, discuss all things that need to be discussed long into the night. So he's very, very good in that space. All right. Let's, let's look back over round seven of the Sandville because footy was back. You were actually uh, checking out the Eagles and Crows game, which... The Crows took out 106 to 73. Impressive performance by Dan Menzel. Five goals straight wasn't enough. Uh, it was an impressive uh, performance by Menzel. We'll get to that because the uh, the highlight performance though was Riley O'Brien. Oh, wasn't it just 37 disposals, 42 hitouts, he had a bunch of clearances, kicked the goal as well. It's quite possibly the greatest performance at Sample level <laughs> by a ruckman. Just ridiculous stuff. So, and it wasn't even like it was just a gross mismatch. He was up against Connor Ballander. Yep. So on paper, it was really good. And Connor Belton actually had some really nice moments. But uh, Riley O'Brien got axed from the AFL side. Uh, Matthew Nix needed a response. He certainly got that. 
Matthew Crouch as well, 35 disposals, just doing what he does, and that is fine. A lot of the football. Wayne Miller was solid as well, 20 disposals. Uh, but you're right, Dan Menzel, keep, I mean, he kept the Eagles in touch, particularly in the third quarter. That's the sort of player that he is. He can just kick four in a hurry. So, And all of a sudden, if the service is coming in nice and quick, impossible, really hard to play on as Dan Menzel because he's tall, he's strong, but he's really, really sharp. Oh, like we've been saying this for a long time. If he didn't get injured, he had five knee reconstructions. Oh, you feel what fine. he could have done at AFL level, he played like a Stevie Johnson. Yeah. So how you match up on Steve Johnson, I'm not really sure because guys like that, they're so crafty, they're so smart. You can't play behind someone like Dan Menzel because he's too quick to get you on the mark. But you're in no man's land when you play in front of him because he's so smart. He reads the the drop of the ball so well and he's so quick that he's just going to burn you on the way back to the goals. And he did that several times for the Eagles. Yeah, his AFL career was just laced with heartbreak, but we are lucky to have him performing week after week here in the Sandful. Incredible, those Crows performances. Mickey Godden's got to be laughing in terms of the service he's had from his AFL-listed players this year. The Crows... Top of the Sandful ladder at the moment. Who do you think makes their way out? Because we actually spoke on SCNSA Breakfast earlier this week with Nathan Van Berlo. They, they said that they were going to give Kieran Strawn a, a three to four week block, but he's not going to hold himself to that. What do you reckon? Does Riley O'Brien play for the Adelaide Crows in the Sandful again? Well, this is all that he could possibly do in terms of a response, but the Crows have since come out and said that they were really happy with Kieran Strawn's right. performance, and he was solid enough. So. Um, look, if Riley O'Brien does have to play in the sample for another week, then that's fantastic because it'll be nice to see what he can do against uh, the Red Legs. Friday night under lights. On Friday night under lights. Um, but see, the other one as well was Harry Schomburg, who had about 30 disposals, looked really good, but probably went under the radar a little bit because of Riley O'Brien and Matt Crouch. They're just stacked with talent because they're injury-free. So right now the Crows are sitting on top of the ladder. It'll be interesting to see what's happening in five or six weeks' time. It's a 19-round season and where exactly they're at towards the end of the season because there are restrictions with players, what they can do, um, how many games they have to qualify to play in the finals. Will Riley O'Brien qualify for finals? Probably not. Neither will Matt Crouch. Uh, and then all of a sudden, some of the other players that might have been there all season, you wonder if they've got any niggles, whether they're rested for the rest of the finals campaign or put into surgery and things like that. So right, right now, the Crows look sensational because they've got the service of some of these amazing players and they're healthy, what happens towards the end of this season, that's going to be very interesting. I'll put this to you, though. Next week, we've got the AFL mid-season draft. By the end of next week, we could be seeing another midfielder from another Sandful club, theoretically, join the Crows in the Sandful. Absolutely. Uh, and there's a lot of talk that uh, that could be Brett Turner right. from Glenelg, who's been very, very good. And it was only a few weeks ago where Brett Turner absolutely turned it on against the Crows and all the big wigs were there and saw him and said, well, geez, this is someone that we need in our system. Whether he gets picked up or not and whether he goes to the Crows or not, it's a big credit to Brett Turner because this is a bloke no who was a, a good player at the Bloods. It was a... I can't find a different word, word to describe it. It was a ballsy move to leave the Bloods to go to the base. And effectively, he went from uh, the Bloods, who were a developing side, trying to find their feet, to the base, who were an absolute premiership contender. And not only did he find his feet at the base, but he became an elite midfielder. And he's on the verge of getting himself into an AFL list. But you're right, Brett Turner goes there, then all of a sudden they've got a, another ball-winning midfielder. And their middle just keeps on stacking up. Well, let's talk about Glenelg. Uh, they got back on the winners' board. They'd had a couple of close losses before the state game by 12-19-91. An inaccurate attempt 
uh, against the Panthers, 8-9-57. Lockie Hosey with three goals too. Corey Lyons, impressive on the day, 30 disposals, five clearances and a goal. Um, the Bays are just going to keep on keeping on. That's what's going to happen now. And well, the games they've lost haven't been by much. No, they haven't been by much. And for the first time, they got their first loss only a couple of weeks ago. And before that, they got out of jail a couple of times. But for the Bays, I, I still feel like, I mean, it's only it's only round seven. We're going into round eight. The Bays now, all they're probably thinking about, they've got the sights set probably already on finals because that's all that matters for the Bays right now. It's not about making finals. They're going to be there. Um, they're a really solid, well-polished side. And you probably expected them to do that at home against South Adelaide. The biggest talking point out of that game was someone who didn't play, and that was Bryce Gibbs, who's out for the next 12 weeks after having shoulder surgery. So he spoke on Saturdays in SA and revealed that. Uh, Revelation. <laughs> Big breaking news. That's, uh, but he was trying to get himself up for that game because he'd love to play against his former club, uh, particularly at Glenelg. But um, he's had this, been carrying this shoulder injury for a little while now. So if South Adelaide can stick around somehow and get themselves in the finals and Bryce gets back, then who knows what they can do. But it just sort of seems like they've been in a bad patch and it's not going to get better without Bryce Gibbs. Let's talk about the Roosters. Again, another impressive effort. Well, I thought this, this would actually be a 50-50 game against the Double Blues, but 17-8-1-10 against 10-4-64. It, it, it was a bit of a landslide in the end. Uh, Aaron Young, who will join us later in the show, 35 disposals, nine clearances, 10 inside 50s, one goal, one. Another incredible performance. He's a very, very good player. And he's one of those players, you can put him in that same category as Bryce Gibbs and Dan Menzel, where the State League is such a better standard of football because guys like that um, have chosen to come into the sample and play at the highest level they, that they can and compete for a side like North Adelaide, who is absolutely the real deal now. Flying. They are flying. Uh, I don't think anyone, there's no one that could sanely have predicted that North would beat Sturt by this much. No. If he tips uh, North Adelaide, then that's fine uh, because they've been red hot and it's playing at Prospect and all those types of things. But, geez, they really, really sent a message uh, after that uh, performance on the weekend along with Harrison Wig, who just keeps on finding at 33 disposals. Campbell Coombe, 32, of course. He's a McGarry medalist. Um, their midfield runs so, so deep. Andrew Moore to come back into the side mm. at some stage. So um, they might have the best midfield in the competition, uh, and they're using it so effectively. Back-to-back wins against the Double Blues and the Tigers certainly pumps up their credentials. Uh, Nord, of course, beat the Bulldogs. And in the Russell Lieber tribute game in Loxton, what a fantastic effort that was to get that game there. Uh, Port Adelaide 15-15-105, West 12-9-81. We'll speak to Brad Gotch later in the show. Uh, we, we spoke about how um, consistent the Crows handful team has been. Port Adelaide will continue to be a bit transient, particularly with Charlie Dixon. Three goals, three. You'd think that he's heading to the AFL. Well, Chad Coyne's uh, addressed the media on Monday and basically just said, look, he looks good and he's pretty confident that he's going to play. So it would seem that Charlie Dixon absolutely comes in. But we could see your RTF Fantasia. Play this weekend mm-hmm. at state league level, which would be really nice to see. Dylan Williams was really good. Oh, great. He showed some of those little bits that got him a debut uh, last year, uh, kicked four goals. Um, so, look, there's a lot to like. And what happens with Xavier Dersma as well will be a big talking point because he was the Russell Ebert medalist. He looked really, really good. Kicked a couple of goals as well. So they've got talent coming in and out, but you're right. It's a little bit inconsistent with some of their players that do come in and out. They, they haven't been as blessed as the Crows with their injuries, uh, but they're starting to find some form. They still look like a, a side that can play finals. So all of a sudden, it's probably Centrals, 
And unfortunately, West Adelaide, were, which you could probably say right now, are not in the mix to make the finals. But unbelievably, I mean, it's, that was only Port's second win. And the way that they played, they looked like they could potentially do something. Above them is South Adelaide and Norwood. I mean, there's eight teams vying for five spots. Magpies have a stiff fixture against the Roosters this weekend, though, which won't help them. Uh, quick note on the Sandfall. The preliminary final was won by Sturt over Glenelg, 6-137 to 2-8-28. A hard-fought affair, which means we can have a replay of the semi-final, which, well, North ran away with over Sturt a couple of weeks ago. So Sturt v North. Cooper Stadium this Sunday, one forty-five, a, a huge Central W Grand Final. Yep, so everything's panned out the way that uh, the latter predicted it to. So North finished on top and Sturt finished second. Um, it's going to be a good game. It's a really, really nice standard of football. So Sunday Cooper Stadium, like you said, at one forty-five. Uh, if you're looking for something to do, go down and support the Sample W because um, it's really, really come on in leaps and bounds, leaps and bounds, and um, it's a really high standard of football. And this will be an absolute. Nice day. In, in saying that, I say it's a nice day. It probably won't be. It, it might be raining. So, <laughs> yeah, right. But it's a good spot as well at Cooper Stadium because for fixtures like this, and they do it really well with some of the amateur uh, grand finals, etc. When you get a decent crowd in there, and even if it's not that big of a crowd, the noise echoes. It's a really, really great spot to play. The atmosphere there is as good as it can be. And hence, we, we've seen it in the AFLW when the Crows play their games there. Of course, grand final is their top priority, but also a fantastic audition for the AFLW expansion draft, which is coming up very soon. Those girls are going to be on that platform. We've got a huge Sandful show coming up for you today. Jimmy Micklejohn, former Port Adelaide Magpies captain, informed Roosters midfielder Aaron Young, coach of the Bloods, Brad Godge, all ahead of us. This is the Sandful Show. Thanks to Host Plus. On SENSA, you're listening to The Sandful Show. For Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians. The Host Plus Sandful League is just warming up. Feeling those game day vibes? Nothing beats it. The Sandful Show with Damon Adams and Andrew Hayes for your Wednesday afternoon on SEN. Now, this guy, Hazy, we saw him play trade at both Port Adelaide and the Gold Coast Suns, 100 games in the AFL, but... I feel like right now he's bringing his best form to the Sandful. He is part of the North Adelaide Roosters squad, which has just gone great guns in 2022. His name is Aaron Young, and he joins us. G'day, Youngie. How are you, mate? Going well, thanks. Thanks for having me on, guys. It's been a phenomenal start to the year for the Roosters. Firstly, maybe you could let us know, what is the secret sauce that Jacob Surgeon is bringing to this side at the moment? Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious to everyone that, that comes and watches the Roosters. The thing that's uh, helping us get the job done is just just hard work. It's pretty plain and simple for us. Um, we've got a bunch of guys that are just that over the whole preseason have worked really hard to get into this space, and and we're well aware that there's a long long way to go. So we're just going to continue to work hard. Seems as well, Youngie. You've got such a a deep midfield, and everyone is getting a fair slice of the pie, which is. Uh, for so many really really established blokes uh, to rotate through like that, it's a really nice mix. Yeah, absolutely. I think at any level of football now, you need to have a lot of guys that can run through there because that's just how the game's played. And we're fortunate enough to have some really experienced guys along with some, some younger guys that are that making their way in, in league football that that are adding to that group. And, and I mean, we we can't do without a big big ruck, Mitchie Harvey, who's in great form at the moment, and he's given us first look, and, and that's so important for us. Uh, I know you want your best team out in the field every week, but is it nice to have Andrew Moore out for a week just so you can just flex a little bit more, get a couple of extra disposals? 
<laughs> no, we, we obviously would love Maury out there. He's had a bit of a tough run, so we're hoping that he can get his body right because he adds so much to us with his leadership qualities and his toughness around the ball, and, and that's how we want to play. So, I mean, it's a bit of a headache when, when you've got guys playing so well and, and you've still got some to come back in, so I don't, I don't envy the coaching group when they have to choose the team. I think they've had some long nights trying to decide already this year, so it's a good place to be and to have some guys playing. We've got some guys playing really good twos footy as well, like Matty Longbottom, who's week in, week out, um, putting his hand up for selection and, and waiting for his chance. And it just it just means the club's in a really good position. Obviously, we're giving you a bit of a pump-up, Youngie, but how do you feel about your own form at the moment? Are you feeling like that the situation at the Roosters at the moment is allowing you to play your best football? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think last year, when you come into a new team and you don't don't know how people play, you sort of sort of learn that. Um, so I feel like I've hit the ground running this year. Know what everyone's doing. We're we're all we're all linking up really well, um, playing our roles really well. So, yeah, I mean, it it all it always helps having good players around you in the midfield like Campbell Kerm and Harrison Wig. Um, it allows you to sort of play your natural game, and we've and we've got a really good mix in there. Um, everyone everyone does a different role and plays a different position, sort of in that on ball group, and and it's been it's just been really enjoyable. Young, I don't want to set you up for a cliche of one week at a time or even one season at a time, but how is the body and, and how much longer uh, can you not just play at this level, but you've clearly still got the motivation to be the best footballer that you can be at this stage of your life? Uh, yeah, I think it's sort of sort of ingrained in me as a kid to to always challenge yourself and, and play at the highest level. So, um, yeah, it, it is a bit of a cliche. It's, it's one season at a time, but... Um, at the moment, I feel really good. So, yeah, I'll continue playing at this level for as long as I can and, um, and chase that chase the dream of the premiership. Inside the four walls of a Sandville club, interested to find out how much the, the mid-season draft looms large, um, not necessarily for you as an individual, but as an organisation, are you concerned about the fact that you know, some of the talent that's been able to build this great start to the year may be out the door in just over a week's time? Yeah, I mean, we're not concerned about that. Uh, it's a great opportunity for some of these young kids that have put their best foot forward and, for sure. and shown their talent. So I think it shows a really strong strong club and, and that's the club we want. We want people to get drafted. Um, we want as many North Adelaide players, juniors, if they're mid-season drafts, we want as many players from North Adelaide Footy Club in the AFL because it just, it just shows what a great club we are. So if if we're lucky enough to get a few of those guys drafted, that'd be great. It'd be a great opportunity for them. We'll be we'll be pumped for all of them. And then and then again, it just gives chances for us for, for some other kids to to have a go in the league. But do you think Harrison we can take the next step? And is is he someone who potentially uh, should and could be on the radar of AFL clubs in a week's time? Oh, absolutely. I, I spent a lot of time with Harrison. Um, we went we went up to Gold Coast together in the same time time frame and he he was just super unlucky he, he sat behind a really good team at the Crows and played great sample footy before he went up to the coast and then unfortunately just had two season ending injuries and and um, sometimes the game's a bit brutal like that but he's come back um, so this would be his third year back I believe and I I wouldn't have thought he's put a foot wrong in that time and and he's in as good a form as I've ever seen so um yeah, I, I definitely think he's on the radar. Whether whether or not he goes or not, that that's up to the to the AFL clubs. Um, but we'd be pumped again if he if he went. We'd be pumped for him because he deserves a chance.
Another name that's been thrown around a lot uh, is Jacob Bauer, who has got a lot of attention from interstate at the moment. Uh, of course, he's been in and out of the side so far this year for a number of reasons, but his four games that he has played have been very impressive. Yeah, Jacob was he was a good, he's a kid that's come down from New South Wales and and sort of burst on the scene. He earned his spot after playing in the resis in, in the first week and. And then I think, unfortunately, he had a little head knock and missed, missed one of the weeks he's in. But he's he's shown that he deserves his spot. And he worked really hard over the preseason and um, sort of moved around a little bit to try and find where he might play his best footy. And, and we've got him forward at the moment. He's, yeah, he's a super talented young kid. Um, if anyone's seen him play, jumps through the roof and takes some big grabs. And, and obviously, he's finding the goals as well. So, yeah, again, like I said before, we, we'd be pumped for, for these kids to get the opportunity to play. At the, at the next level, um, it, it just shows. Yeah, it just shows that we've got a great club going at the moment. We we like to develop the players really well, and and yeah, as many opportunities for these guys as they can get would be awesome. Hey, Younger, we love your coach Jacob Surgeon. Always generous with his time. Um, how's he going? And give us an insight from a player's perspective. Um, what sort of what's his coaching style like? Yeah, Serge, you know Serge really well. He can he can be intense at times. With that European background, but I guess the best, the best, yeah, the best thing about Serge is he's ready to adapt. So we obviously lost oh, a few guys left at the end of the last year. Some of the older guys are retired and have, and have moved on. So we've got a really young group now with 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 a strong older bunch of guys that that have played a lot of footy. So just his ability to adapt to to coach them and to help their development. Which, which we're seeing on the weekends is these young kids that have come into the league side that haven't played much league footy yet have been ready to go because him and the coaching group have, have just worked super hard to develop those guys. So, yeah, his adaptability at the moment has been great and, and the ability to change game plan during the game and things like that, um, yeah, he's been great so far this well, year. We've had you back in SA for a couple of years now, Youngie. What are you balancing your life with outside of football? Yeah, I'm working for Kookaburra Sports Group at the moment, so it's always nice to stay involved in sport where you've got a little bit of an idea. And um, uh, yeah, it's sort of sort of a good role, a little bit flexible with football. So um, it also helps to to get the best out of yourself on the field on the weekends. So are you Kookaburra, as in uh, uh, cricket bats, etc. Yeah, so Kookaburra Sports Group. We 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 Kookaburra is one of the brands, so cricket and hockey and. Billy Seacombe is the other part of the business. So um, footy's on the weekend and, and some apparel stuff as well. So are, are you a cricketer in the off-season as well, Young? You could turn up to uh, the Prospect Cricket Club with a very nice piece of willow. Yeah, I mean, I, I could have all the gear, but no idea. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, not a cricketer as such, but, uh, yeah, I enjoy enjoy having a bow and a hit at times with, with the boys. Just get out there and provide the equipment, uh, mate. Everyone loves the equipment, boy. Hey, Youngie, we're, we're super proud of how the Roosters are doing so far this season. Your form is stellar. Uh, we can't wait to see what North Adelaide can do with the rest of the season. We'll be watching it with interest. Thanks so much for joining us today. No worries. Thanks for having me on, guys. The inform Aaron Young from the Roosters. He joined us here on the Sandful Show. Hazy, if you want to catch up with any of the podcasts, you can do so by searching the Sandful Show on your favourite podcast app. We'll be back next. Thanks to Host Plus. On SENSA, welcome to the Sandful Show. For Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians. The Host Plus Sandful League is just warming up. Feeling those game day vibes? Nothing beats it. 
The Sandville Show, thanks to Host Plus with David Adams and Andrew Hayes. Each week, Hayes, we like to turn back the clock and look back at some of the past greats of the Sandville. And I tell you what, a guy that captained the Port Adelaide Magpies for many years, 165 games for him. He's a man you know very well. Jimmy Mickle, John, welcome to the show, mate. G'day, guys, and thanks for the welcome. I don't think I've been a part, called a past great for the past 10 years. So it's been <laughs> nice to be welcome back to both now. <laughs> well, get used to it, Jimmy, because uh, we keep on getting these texts each and every week on 0427 154 166 just saying, hey, look, um, it might be uh, digging into the well a little bit, but what's Jimmy Bickle John up to? So we thought we'd get the great <laughs> man on. Mate, take us through it. What's been happening the last sort of few years? Um, you're in Melbourne now. When did you move and what are you doing? So, yeah, shifted to Melbourne at the end of 2014. So um, by that stage, I've been in Adelaide for 10 years, so nine seasons at the Maggies and then had a season down in um, uh, Regula, down in the Victor Harbour League. But um, work opportunities sort of dried up the company I was with in Adelaide because they were Victorian based. So, yeah, took a job over in Melbourne, mate, and um, been here 10 years and I'm age probably 30. <laughs> well, it's a bit harder living in Melbourne, so I've been told. But, uh, mate, when you look at your time in Adelaide in particular, I mean, originally... What was the plan? Because you came to Adelaide um, off uh, the Sydney Swans list after a few games for the Swans. Was it a, I'll be here for a couple of years seasons and see what happens and turn to nine type setup? Yeah, I think like a lot of people, young guys do, mate, back then, was you sort of get sort of chewed up and spat out by the AFL system. You sort of want to get, you, know, you still want to get back in. So you think, yeah, I'll come over for a year and give them the best shot and, and hopefully get back in. But um, yeah, look, I, I sort of, didn't go that well my first year. I sort of struggled a bit. Was um, started in the ones and got put in the twos and then finished the season reasonably well in the ones. And that sort of, um, you know, I just had a bit of a thought about what I was going to do. And look, I really liked, really enjoyed, you know, the culture of the footy club and, you know, basically SA as well. And the SNFL was a fantastic competition to be in. So, you know, that one year um, turned into nine and sort of flew by, to be honest. I never really thought about going to play that sort of level of footy anywhere else once I was in entrenched at the Maggies. Jimmy, you mentioned the culture there. So you, you come across uh, a, a guy who hasn't played footy in South Australia before. You get indoctrinated in to the Port Adelaide Magpies. <laughs> how does that culture get introduced to you? You know, how, how do you go about educating yourself in the Port Adelaide culture? Well, I had um, the great late Bobby Clayton. He was the one who contacted me. He came from the airport and you know, we went and met uh, Greg Phillips, um, and then we spoke about Timmy Ginever, and obviously Jack Cahill was coming back as a, as, a, as a senior coach again. And obviously, we know what Jack's done for the footy club. So, you know, and the names that had that footy club just you know, echo through, you know, not only SA footy, but Australian footy. So, you know, the, the prison bar was a really reputable and popular jump, even for a, a bloke out of um, south of Sydney. Didn't know too much about, you know, the SANFL. We still knew about the Port Adelaide Magpies. and you know, what that jumper represented. So um, it was a fairly quick introduction. And obviously, um, you know, they, they were very strong about how they want to be represented and how they, how they want their players to play. So it um, didn't take long to work out how that, um, you know, the requirements of what it took to put the jumper on. Did, did it surprise you? Was the, did the sample and I suppose even the heritage of the Port Magpies, did, did it surprise you just how strong it was? Was it a bit of a, a shock to the system coming off an AFL list of just how intense it all is? Yeah, well, as you know, we sort of um, we played in the uh, ACT league and they probably got about, you know, no offence to that league at the time, but they probably max might have got 500 to 1,000 people at a game 
you know, between the, the main rivals where SNFL, that was sort of, you know, that was, you'd get that on a rainy day down in Orlando, but, you know, you were playing around in front of two, three, four thousand people routinely. So just the, you know, just the support that the competition had at state level was fantastic. Um, and I think the quality of footy was, was steps ahead of a lot of the other state competitions then. I mean, back when, you know, we started out at 05, hey, do you think you're 06? There was a lot of blokes who were over the age of 25 um, playing regular senior footy, even, you know, 27, 28, whereas these days, I think, to be honest, that's all the SNFL that closely. But I think if you, find a, if you find a few guys over 25 on an SNFL list today, these days, it's sort of a bit of a rarity. So it was a very mature type of footy that was being played back then. Um, and I, I just, yeah, I just loved it. It wasn't like being captain, and in particular, I don't want to put this uh, in a negative sort of slant, but they—they they, means them. It was their mantra, and they did it so many times. Port Adelaide exists to win to win premiership. Did you did you feel pressure uh, as a player and as a captain playing for a club that, I mean, the supporters expect so much all the time. Um, it's a tough one. Oh, look, you always be going to the season in every season. Hoping for, you know, wanting to, to win a flag. But we sort of, we knew where we were at, I guess, in the start of 2010. It was a very tough transition um, between 2009 and 2010. We lost a lot of senior blokes, uh, given the rumours that were starting to circle, which were pretty pretty vicious even back then about being taken over by the AFL and, and, that, and that sort of thing. So we lost a lot of key older blokes. And I mean, you know, I guess the, the good thing for the club at the time was we were generating the list and getting a lot of the young. You know, Port Adelaide, Port Adelaide guys coming through some family dynasties and stuff that were sort of getting an opportunity. But um, yeah, look, it was it was tough given that um, you know our success we didn't have really any success at all um, in my stint in Port Adelaide. The best we finished was third in 2005. But yeah, from the years 2010 to 2013, they were pretty lean. But you know, it was really when looking back, I guess we didn't win a lot of games, but. We did produce some pretty solid SNFL players um, through that era. Um, obviously, like with Steve Summerton, Zane Kirkwood, Corey Beard, those sort of guys. They went, you know, went on to strength their strength, had some really great careers. Went on obviously some on Beardy at other clubs. So, you know, from the results, in the results sense, it was very disappointing. And you know, the supporters of the club were fantastic. They, I think, they knew deep down that we were going to struggle for those years because they sort of sense what was happening as well. But, you know, every, every week the guys that went out there put everything into it. And, I mean, that's all you can ask for. Um, mate, you mentioned some of those players. You played with some really, really good players. Who who else sort of comes to mind when you think of some of those Port Adelaide greats that you got to play alongside? I, I remember playing a game early on. It might have been my second or third game against Port, and I, I had to tag Jeremy Clayton. And <laughs> I reckon... <laughs> I reckon he finished the day with about 86 touches and about three or four goals. And at one stage, I'm looking at the ruck contest and he's hit me in the in the guts so hard. I've never been more winded in my life. I was certain at that point that I was going to die. And then Luke McCabe ran past from outside. Instead of going after Clayton, he yelled at me and told me to get up. But he was a, he was a player that he was, even from an opposition um, sense, he was just fun to watch. Yeah, oh, look, Jez, Jez by far was the best and most talented player I played with, bar none. And for a bloke who's four foot three, what he can do overhead and uh, you know where he puts his head and how fearless he is, he's, he's unbelievable, mate. So he, if he wanted to, he, I think if he wanted to, he could have had a really good AFL career. But we're very lucky that you know we got a you know we got an armchair ride to 
seeing some of his best footy between you know 2005 when he won the McGarry, was robbed of one in 06. But yeah, the footy he produced was unbelievable. So you, you know you'd leave him one out in the square, and he, you know he'd take massive hangers, or he'd take an unbelievable, take an unbelievable mark, and he'd get 40 touches without you know without batting an eyelid. So he, he would have been by far the best player, and you know I had some other. You know, solid players that played. Brad Murray was a really, really good player. You know, hard midfielder. Elstone the same. So we had a lot of, I guess that, you know, the early days we had a lot of those hard-nosed midfielders, mature bodies, which was needed at that time in in that NFL. Um, had some good characters as well. Clive Waterhouse was, he was right up there, mate. He could turn it on. One, he could turn it on um, when he was on in Clive. So he was always fun to watch. Um, but then later in the, I guess the latter stages of. My career, Sammy Gray was one that really stood out. Like yep, he was yeah, a bit, sure. he was a bit. Um, I think he was a bit. Took, I'm not sure if he quite knew what it took to get there in 2010, but then he just came onto the scene and blew everyone away. And obviously, he, he um, took it to another level. And then obviously got drafted, deservedly got drafted, and had a great career AFL-wise. So, um, you know, Sammy Gray was one that stands out that sort of come out of nowhere um, from the early stage and. I didn't get to play with much with um, big squiggle license, but he's obviously doing really well now as well. Um, just one more on Jeremy Clayton. You mentioned robbed of McGarry in what, 06? Um, can you give us yeah. an insight? It was, was Jez one to give the umpires just a little bit of constructive feedback because <laughs> I feel like I'd probably put him in the same category as Ian Cullen and that had they kept their mouth shut a little bit more, they could be wearing three or four McGarry medals. Uh, I don't think it was just the umpires who, who <laughs> copped some of the space and said, buddy, give us to anyone, mate. His teammates, supporters, um, well, not just opposition supporters, so our opposition team. So he was he was very good on the lip, but he could back it up. So it was um, some of the yeah, some of the sprays he would give people. Hilarious. Uh, this is a really important... And you just give him a bit of ammo. You could give him a bit of ammo too when he knew he was fired up. And he just, nothing was sacred. He was great. <laughs> Jimmy, really important question before we let you go. Who is more intimidating? John Cahill as your first Port Adelaide coach when you come over to South Australia, or Andrew Hayes as a groomsman. Uh, Andrew Hayes as a groom when you are standing in as a groomsman. Yeah, groomzilla, wasn't oh, I, Jimmy? He was. He was groomzilla. He was horrendous. We nearly lost his dog. Oh, all sorts dope. of panic. <laughs> that is true. What <laughs> happened to the dog? Oh, the dog. <laughs> Goodness me. So we put the dog off to someone, somebody else to take care of, and then we got a call just as we're driving to the venue saying sure. from this lady saying, we've lost the dog. The dog's got off. Anyway, so we're driving towards North Adelaide and pulling into this dog park. The dog's like running down the road, so I had to stop it and get it in there. His heart's going at 1,000 miles an hour. We kept that from uh, the wife who had different priorities at that time, but... Jimmy, you were a very calming influence throughout that time and throughout the whole wedding. So um, credit where it's due. Yeah, something wrong with that night, wasn't it? <laughs> well, his, his career has been storied. We've loved having him on. Jimmy Bicklejohn, former Port Adelaide Magpies captain, mate. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Great to chat. It's the Sandville Show. Thanks to Host Plus. On SENSA, you're listening to the Sandville Show. For Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians. The Host Plus Sandful League is just warming up. Feeling those game day vibes? Nothing beats it. The Sandful Show with David Adams and Andrew Hayes. If you haven't caught up with the show so far, we caught up with former Port Adelaide captain Jimmy Nickeljohn and as well as that Roosters midfielder Aaron Young. But now we turn our attention to West Adelaide. Unfortunately, a 24-point loss in the Russell Ebert tribute game in Loxton on the weekend. Their coach... Brad Gotch joins us now. G'day, Gotchy. How are you, mate? 
Yeah, yeah, good. Thanks, Ed. Yeah, doing very well, mate. Obviously, it hasn't been the most ideal start to West Adelaide's season, but you've got a developing side in the Bloods. What's your approach to each week? Are you just getting out there to to give it your best shot? Are there certain KPIs you're looking at with your players? Yeah, well, well firstly, I reckon that this is only my second year involved with the club, and I came in the, the first year and I basically took over what I was given. So I had a good assessment of it last year. And we got to the end of the year and... Unfortunately, a few players like you know Duncan and and um, Duval decided to go to other other teams because they couldn't see us sort of getting up the ladder very quickly. So that was disappointing. But if they didn't want to be there, I had to you know just accept that. And then I had quite a few retirees as well. So that was you know Kane Stevens and Schiller and yep. Batley and those sorts of boys. So we've had a fair changing of the guard a bit. So I, I sort of feel like I've got a new group this year, and we're, we're able to bring in a couple of good recruits. You know, Hamish Hartlett and Caden Brand. So we, we really felt they were going to give us some experience. But they've only played, out of the seven games, they've only played two games together yeah. so far because you know of injury or COVID or whatever. Hammer was out for about three weeks with a hamstring. And I reckon that started the rot a little bit back in round four. You know We were competitive against the Eagles in round three. We lost by 13 points at, at their ground. And you know, it felt like we were just about ready to click. Then I, I came down with COVID and didn't even go and coach that weekend. And Hammer went off with a hamstring at half time. We were 19 points down at, since you know, the next three weeks were pretty horrific, unfortunately. You know, we just lost a bit of experience because Beach was out injured as well. And also um, Josh Ryan got concussion. You know, he's probably the best fullback in the in the league at the minute. So, you know, we just lost a bit of that experience at the top end that we really needed. So I have been just trying to develop the team a bit. We've played 13 debutants this year. Um, you know, Kobe Ryan's only 18 years of age. He's played a couple of games and looks like a, a good young player. So, you know, we feel like we're, we're trying to blend in a bit of all that, but on the weekend we got three of the keys back. So we had Beach, Hartlett, and Josh Ryan that came back, and just you just saw how much more competitive we were. But unfortunately, you know, Hammer started cramping 15 minutes in the last quarter, and we were like 10 points down or 12 points down. Yeah. So, oh. and it sort of blew out. So you know, I think we're we're getting there. We're, I feel really optimistic about what we're doing. There's some really good stuff that went on on the weekend. You know, to fight back from four goals one at the 10 minute mark to nil. And then get back into a winning position. You know, showed a bit of, bit of fight with the boys, and just in the end, as I said, you know, as a few, like Josh Ryan's coming off concussion and four four weeks out, so he just dropped off a little bit. And last week, there was a ball that went over the back, which um, McIntyre went on to for a goal when we're only like 13 points, 15 points down. So he normally would put that to the front, you know, and we'd have a chance to defend it. So just a little bit off his game in a couple of little things. So we we feel quite boys. So I'm trying to keep the boys up at the minute, Damon. You know, just yeah. to oh, it's positive and. See, see the direction. So I'm pretty excited, actually. Like it's a it's a new challenge for me. I've been coaching 20 years, and uh, I don't think I've ever in in my time ever coached a really low sort of side. So it's been a good experience to to look at yourself, not take it personally, and just look to see how you can make little improvements. Oh, what I love got you as well, and I, I've kept on hearing this throughout, not just this season but last season as well, is that the culture. And the belief in everything is still really, really strong. And obviously, when someone like Hamish Hartland and Caden Brown comes in, that's going to be increased as well. But, I mean, you'd be bullish about chances this weekend. You come up against a South Adelaide side who is going through a bit of a tough ma- uh, patch on top of the fact that they've lost Bryce Gibbs. And like you said, you showed some really, really good signs uh, in the back part of that game against the Maggies. Yeah, that's right, Hazy. So we're going in. That was a talk after the game with the boys that, you know, we feel like we, we are a chance. Every chance, every game we go into, I think they're really trying to think like they're, they're a chance as well. So we're, we're also accepting of our, our position 
but but also you've got to aspire to the to the higher level and just getting Hamish and and Josh Ryan and Beachy back into the group last week, I just noticed a different atmosphere before the game. You know, and they're, they're trying a few things. You can just Hammer's voice and his calmness and his strength of conviction about what's needed is just phenomenal. You know, and you can oh, where the coaches' boxes were on the weekend, it was just open air. We were up in the stand, and yeah. you could hear the instruction down on the ground, which was fantastic. You could see the pointing, and and they're all signs of good sides. You know that. So we're we're just building towards that at the minute. So we we see there's a big opportunity this week, but we we do go into every game thinking we can do that. So it's just a matter of trying to do it for longer. We just haven't quite got that right yet. The consistency. Gotcha. You mentioned Sunday's game there, of course, the Russell Lee tribute match in Loxton. How important do you think it is for the Sandford to get out of the suburbs and head to country areas? Well, it was just an amazing experience. Um, I'm I'm sure there'll be talk straight away about doing it again next year and for the years to come. Like. I'm not sure exactly what the crowd was. It looked like three or 4,000 people in there. And, and the, the president of Loxton came into the rooms after the game and was just fantastic the way he spoke about And, and all he was saying was thanks to, to us for coming up. And we come well, thanks for inviting us. And we, we felt like we had more support up there, West Adelaide, than actually Port did. Even though Port was still pretty loud, you know, Westies were clearly behind it all. So there's, there's a lot of people in the region. It is our, it is our region. So I think to do what we did was just fantastic. I know the boys got a lot out of it. We were taken care of. The hospitality was amazing, and uh, it's just a, it's a great town, great setup, and uh, it was probably the you know the biggest occasion that we've been involved in so far in my 18 months. So a great venture, and um, hopefully we can continue to do that. Is it a three-hour bus ride up as a squad, or the players driving themselves to Loxton? No, we all went in a bus, so that was even even better too. To and we stopped about halfway. Had to ring ahead to the roadhouse just to say the boys were coming. They were a bit, <laughs> bit toey, a bit, bit hungry. <laughs> so they, we had about a 15, 20 minute stop there in Blanchetown, I think it was. So that was good. And we had a bit of a walk, had something to eat. And then we jumped back on the bus. And yeah, and then on the way back, did the same thing. You know, stopped about halfway and then got back. So it was a pretty, it's a pretty easy, pretty easy drive, really. And if, you know, if you're only doing it intermittently, it's not the biggest thing. Although we, we did travel over to Port Lincoln as well this year. So it's, it's a great. It's a great initiative, and I noticed Sean Tilly was up there from the Sandful, so that they were wrapped, you know, just to see the interest and the, and the people that came up to us just saying how great it was to see a good standard of footy. Like, we watched Wakery play Loxton before us, and clearly there's some good players in there, but they don't have the strength of what, you know, we would have been showing at, at a senior level. So I think everyone really enjoyed the day, and it, as you can see, it was a great venue, great ground. Conditions were ideal. So, yeah, all in all, a fantastic experience. Yeah, yeah. and like you mentioned, the, the facilities are fantastic up there and such a, a special game. So hopefully that can absolutely be um, on the calendar each and every year. Um, Josh Ryan, you mentioned just before, Gotchi, I love the way that he goes about it. And I love his story from where he started to how important he is now. Have you spoken to him? What was the experience like for him on Charlie Dixon? Yeah, well, he, the interesting thing was, you know how the talk to him in the week was Caden Brands played on him before. Yep. And, and I... Because Josh was coming back after four weeks, I actually said to because Caden does a fair bit with our backs, and I said, geez, my sense is you should start on him, start on Dixon, because you know, you've had that association with him over the years, and maybe if we can just subdue him early, you know, we might be, in the, and let Josh sort of just ease back in. And then Caden said, oh, but then I might miss, you know, getting in and helping and doing that aerial stuff that he does so well. So we sort of backed that, so we we're kicking ourselves because Charlie had such a, a great start, you know, and Josh was just a little bit off. Early, but then, you know, to his credit, he just fought his way back into the game. And I think in the second half, Caden might have gone to him, yep. to Charlie, 
after he kicked three, and we decided that might have been a better matchup. And I think then, you know, Caden kept him to no more goals for the game, although Charlie did have some opportunities and missed a couple. It just helped us sort of stay in the game a bit more. But I know Josh enjoyed the experience early, but, um, you know, clearly as the game wore on, he got better and sort of settled into the routine a bit more too. Gotcha. What's it like working alongside Adam Hartlett? Because we feel like um, he could be a little bit of a pest, but it seems like he's got a great head on his shoulders in terms of what he brings to West Adelaide. Oh, well, there's plenty of passion. I'll give you, I'll give you that. Plenty of passion, uh, intensity. So, you know, I'm probably a little bit more measured now as a coach because, you know, I'm dealing with a, bit, a younger group, so I've got to be a little bit careful. You know, you hear about the noble stuff and you don't know whether that's true or not. You know, just with young groups, you don't need to destroy their, their confidence. I, I try and build them up, stay calm and positive and that sort of stuff, which has been different for me because, you know, I've been with Malthouse for 12 years and or 10 years and Bucks for a couple of years and... And guys like Rodney E that was a lunatic at times and stuff like that. So, you know, I have a bit of that in the background. But, yeah, Adam, Adam's a bit like that. But he's just so passionate because he, he, he wants to be a senior coach in the future. He sees coaching as a, a really good angle for him. And he loves it. He works, he works his butt off like you wouldn't believe the amount of time that he spends editing stuff and speaking to individuals and building relationships. And he's got such a presence as a, as a big man too, you know. Like, you remember how he played? Like he, <laughs> he took no prisoners. <laughs> no, he certainly did not. And he just not. expects everyone to be like that. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, it's quite amazing. So it's been a little bit more difficult for him in this recent run of losses, you know, not to, because he feels like he's not having the impact that he should. But, you know, he's, look, at, look at the midfield that he's developing when Hamish wasn't there. It was between 20 and 22 years of age. Yeah. All, all four of them in there, you know. So he's just spending all his time just sending them clips, working with them on craft. You know, doing drills with them, you know, liaising with them, like he's trying everything to to make sure that they're educated and 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 learning their craft. So yeah, it's a and him and Hammer are such a great combination yeah. because they feed off each other. And then Adam uses Hamish to it, but because he hasn't been out there, it's been a little bit hard. And then you saw it on the weekend when Hammer's out there, we look so much better. I think we, I think we end up in front of the clearances in the end, and we're, we're the worst clearance team in the comp. So we're clearly making some inroads. And you think of Josh Carmichael with the year that he's having and. Joel Stevens and stuff like that. They're only 20, 20, or 21, 22 years of age. Um, I can't believe, Gotchi, that uh, you thought that uh, Rocket E was a lunatic. I was! <laughs> 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 oh, that was funny because when I was there, Hazy, um, Leon Cameron was the midfield coach yeah. before he took over, you know, the Giants. And Leon was the steady influence. So Rocket just went off his nut and Leon sort of coached the tone for that last year or two that I was there. Yeah. It's quite funny because... Uh, but Rocket coached well when he was like that, you know, when he was up and about. And so Mick Moldhouse was a bit the same too. You know, like they, they tend to coach better when they're a bit intense. <laughs> Funny, isn't it? Like it's, a different age. It's, well, it is a different age. It's a really interesting topic, got you, just before we let you go, that, I mean, have you always been the same or did you have to adapt? No, I've been, I've been through about three different ways. So I started sort of like as an under-18 coach. So, you know, about talent, about development about positivity and encouragement. And then I went into the, the VFL system a bit and, you know, a bit more intensity, especially when I got a premiership with Williamstown in 2003. And that was when I was with Collingwood and under Malthouse. So I was a lot stronger then. I used to get a lot more intense and a bit louder and get fired up and get, you know, make it more about me than it should have been. So so then I worked out that's probably not the way going forward, you know, as you go along and you mellow a bit into a, another style. So... Yeah, I've gone through some different stages, but I think it adapts to the team that you're looking after. Wow.
Well, Gotchi, mate, it sounds like West Adelaide is headed in the right direction, mate. We appreciate your time today and wishing you all the best against uh, the Panthers this weekend. Yeah, thanks, James. Great, great chat. Thank you. Head coach of the West Adelaide Football Club, Brad Gotch. It's been a big show, Hazy, and love catching up with some of these SN- uh, Sample personalities. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so do yourself a favour, go down, see Sample game. There's uh, some crackers this weekend as well. Kicks off as well, of course, on Friday night with the Crows taking on the Red Legs. And what we will say as well, Sunday, uh, Cooper Stadium, one forty-five. Get down and support the girls. The Sample W Grand Final is on. You're going to hear two Sample broadcasts on SEN this weekend. Of course, Friday night under lights at the parade and the Bulldogs against the Tigers from Ex-Convenience Oval on Saturday. Hazy, another big Sandful show. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you get on the podcast to search for and subscribe to the Sandful show on your favourite podcast app. Hazy, we've done it all thanks to Host Plus. Catch you next week. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.